eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. It's a victory Wednesday here as the Stars tie the series against the Kraken 2-2. to I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by two-time Stanley Cup champion. 17 years in the NHL. We just found out recently he never played in the minors. A total of 1,256 games. He says he's Gavin Spittles, one of his closest friends. 177 playoff games. Those are interesting stats, Mr. Ludwig. I just want to say every day I wake up is a great day. (laughs) You know, that's a good question because with how are you feeling? Like, do you like your post-career? Are you, do you ache? Did you have to have anything done? Nope. Nope. Serious. No, I, um, I believe if you stop or slow down, you begin to rust. And so I will, I mean, I'm on, I'm on the ice every, you know, five days a week and playing a couple different league night things that I do and games and, you know, and I do other things. I start my day about five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, get a little bit of that work out of the way and then talk to bozos like you and then get all that stuff out of the way and, um, you know, move on from there. And then I got to be on the ice today at three o'clock. So, and then, it, you know what, it's, it's, it's a great way. Poison in, poison out, put the poison in at night and get it out during the day. <laughs> what's the, uh, what's today at three? Is it uh, a league or is it? No, no, today we've got uh, our U18 elites. It's a, like a training try, a training camp thing where they go for six, seven weeks, and we go Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, and we've got two different groups on, on each day, two different groups of players, and run them through some stuff. And they got some – there's some younger guys here that are going to be trying out for a couple junior teams coming up in the next week or two, so we'll try to keep them in shape and keep them ready when they get there. And then we've also got some, some younger players that will – you know, try to try to make our team, um, and then we'll have our main main tryout camp as the first weekend in June, and then we'll take you know the rest of June and July off, and a little bit of August, and then get started again. So first, pull back the question curtain. As a former player, you're in the playoffs. Obviously, these first two series for the Stars have been a grind. 
Is it because it's something you've been looking forward to ever since you were a kid? Is tired legs, is that term kind of overused because it's the playoffs? And how do you rejuvenate yourself? Or can you? Well, I, I think you're I think you're taken care of better. Uh at least we were um during playoff time because for all the reasons that you just said, um coaches management know, you know, they've got to eat right after games, they've got to re eat right day in between games. Um it travels different, obviously now. You know, you're they're got their own plane and great food and they get to eat and and then they if they want if they've got a long trip which would be like seattle you know there would be an option to say listen we're not going to go back tonight we're gonna we want guys to stay here on the road get a good meal get a you know as much to six seven hours or whatever guys sleep in and we'll take off gonna have a day off anyways the next day um you know things like that and you know we we kind of started in montreal is where the first obviously for me, we went, we were on the rock. We were on the Island, uh, even when we were at home. And so we a little more distractions, obviously in cities like Montreal, Toronto, Chicago, things like that during playoff time. So we would, uh, we would only go home um, the day before we, the night after the game. And if we were leaving the next morning to fly out to whoever we were playing, we'd get to go home that night, um, get some clothes. And then when we get back, we would get to stay at home that night, but then right after practice and for the rest of the games that were in, in Montreal, we'd stay in a hotel. So, um, and then in Dallas here, uh, what they did is they gave you the option. They had uh, downtown at the Fairmont, uh, hotel, I believe it was, uh, you had rooms on game day. And so if you wanted, while we were in Dallas here, you could uh, go down there, they'd have a meal ready for you. I got a hotel, you know, guys that have kids and families, you know, you, you don't have, you know, you get away from that game day and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So, they've come a long way in, in doing studies and things like that and how to get the best rest. But yeah, you know, the tired legs thing. Um, I, I don't think it sticks in your mind. I think you get more tired when you get to like game 60, 65 in a regular season, because you're like, man, let's just get these last 20 games out of here. I'm tired. Let's get the playoffs started. And then I think the adrenaline kind of kicks in because it, it is the most important time of the year for, for all all athletes in all sports are the playoffs. I mean, because there's something at the end of the road that you're, you know, everybody's trying to get to. So, uh, you know, I think you, you play through a lot more. Um, and for some reason, the bumps don't hurt as much until it's all over with. And, you know, you find ways to get through it. Thomas Harley was so impressive last night. You know, one of the things is, is that, just watching him, Craig, the confidence. And I said to myself, I took a step back and I said, I cannot believe I'm watching the same Thomas Harley that I saw last year up and down with the stars, with the confidence. Just, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to compare him to Miro because that's inaccurate. I'm not trying to say that, but there it's was not fair. Right. What, what, exactly. It's not true, but there was a confidence about him last night especially in the defensive zone that I said, wow. I mean, Miro's so calm and collective as far as just even the little chips to himself to, to get around players. And I, I just wanted you, what, what you saw out of Harley, because I'm just amazed at the transformation within a year and how much being in Texas and being the guy in Texas benefited him. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, a couple things. I, I think the first one is, and we may have talked about this. I talked to somebody else, but there was a point during the regular season where I believe that Jim Nill and, and Pete DeBoer, they, they made their they made their decision who was going to be that defenseman going in that particular spot, whether it's five, six or however you want to look at it. Um, and, and, the, and he was in he was in the lineup and Lundquist was kind of in and out at times and Hanley came up and, you know, and I think when when we saw Harley night after night and there were some mistakes and there always are going to be. I talked about a couple of them, just a couple decisions on things but that again you know there whoever came up with the idea that that and it's probably fairly true is that for defensemen it's a little bit different um coming into the league than forwards you know I think they always they always think of us as like that last line of defense before you get to the goaltender and if if you make a mistake on a decision you know to, to move from a good area to a bad area you turn a puck over in the wrong area of the ice and it ends up in the net. They don't look at the goalies. They don't look at the forwards. It's usually the defensemen. So, uh, you know, there's a number 250 to 300 games in the league. And they, they, for some reason, they think that that's about the, the amount of games for a defenseman to kind of get settled in. I, I don't know if that's true. If it is, then, then Harley's way ahead of it, but they made that decision. Um, what did he, I don't even know what the number of games he played straight towards the end of the regular season, but that's where he was getting, his games in he was getting his reps in in the regular season games because i believe that there was some decision made at some point saying he's going to be the guy that's going to start in the playoffs for us there there's that spot there's that number six uh spot six seven five six seven whatever it may be and and i think that's where the confidence comes from and and i will say when you when you talk about how he played last night i looked at that goal his goal there was about five minutes gone in the second period and i and i wrote it down and I went important goal. And at the time you probably don't think about it. They had only given up five shots in the first period. I think they only gave up five or six in the, in the second period, but, but you come out, it's only one, nothing. Uh, Grubauer basically kept Seattle in the game, kept it reachable. And then you come out for the start of the second period and your fans are behind you. And you know, they they know that's only one, it's a difference between it's a one goal game at that point or a three goal game. But the fans are into it. They're, you know, again, I think the fan bases are so important. But and you could hear it, you could hear it old TV. And but when that goal was scored, the fans kind of shut up. Not that they quit, but it was important because they didn't get that bump throughout the whole period. Um, I felt. And so that was a big goal with Harley. And his decision's been good. I mean, he's been really good. I, you know, he played about 13 minutes last night. I think Hanley played uh about 10 or so. I credit to Hanley too, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're in the playoffs and you come in and Hawk and Pop, they, you know, they probably, I think that was a game time decision, but anyway, and he gets in there and, 
I because I thought, oh, you got two young guys playing back there, and you're in the playoffs, and you're playing against a team that likes to attack. You know, they had 40 plus hits again last night, but that's who they are, and Dallas knows that, and and they're on you. You know, I, I look at the Seattle team, and I think of them having. I said this earlier this morning. I said I, I look at Seattle and kind of look at that team as like they have they have four third lines. Like you know what you're getting. You're not getting any anything different from the number one line than you are from the number four line. They play the same way. They're like robots. Uh, I think Dunn and, and Adam Larson have been real good for him. I think Dallas needs to be hard on those two guys. They play a lot of a lot of minutes, a lot of important minutes. Um, so, but but you know what you're getting with that team, and you're going to get it in minute one, right to minute fifty nine. You're going to get that from that group. And I thought that Harley Hanley and the rest of the group, you know, they're all handling that very well. And you know, because they're a team that that's what they decided the kind of club they want to be. They, we don't have a 50 goal score on this team. Maybe we got a, a bunch of tens and 15s and a few twenties and, but we're going to be hard to play against. We're going to play playoff hockey, you know, and you know, sometimes as a group, you can push good players from the opponent. You can push good players to the side a little bit. And that's what they're doing. You know, they're, I, I believe that they're saying, okay, we've got one of their best players. We've got their best goal scorer, not running on all, all cylinders right now. So we've kind of, to a point we've eliminated one problem, but there's a few other problems, you know, with Dallas there, there's Haskinen, there's Pavelski, there's Hintz, there's Jamie Ben, there's Sagan. So, you know, for me, the writing's on the wall um, as far as this, this series goes, but I will tell you, there's, there's one other, I don't think people would look at it this way, but they lose game one. They win game two which I thought was obviously for obvious reasons, why it was important. But a reason you probably wouldn't think about is that you have a good feeling after you win game two and you're getting on a plane and you're flying to Seattle, that flight's a little bit more fun than if it was the other way around. If you had won game one, lost game two. So you're already on a little bit of a downer if you lose it, but they're, they're in a good mood. They're, they're, you know, they're a little bit of pressure from losing game one. Then they lose game three. But what did they do last night? They win game four. They're getting on a plane. I think, I don't know if they did left tonight or, or today, but they have a good feeling and they have a better feeling coming home now and, and being in their own beds and getting through their, whatever, whatever they're going to do for practice and their meetings and stuff like that. And they know that it's, it's the best of three and they've got two of these three games. And so you go into game five with a good feeling just from that one win, just a little bit of piece of, of that. So um, but they're finding the right things. And again, they're still not clicking on all cylinders, but again, last night they got a couple power play goals. And so they're in a good spot, you know, okay. regardless of the opponent, um, they're in a good spot right now. Sean and I were talking last night and it's not showing up on the, the score sheet, but I thought an important early part of this game, not only was Ottinger's early saves, um, and the positioning and how good he looked, but Seattle goes on the power play. Dallas wins the puck. Radic Foxa could have easily just dumped it in, went off, but stayed on the ice and basically, well, he did. He drew the penalty, which made it a four on four. And then the Stars scored, you know, shortly after that. I just thought that little extra effort by Foxa, and I, I have to raise my hand, Craig, because you've been with me all year and you've heard the Radic Foxa criticism. Um, it just seems as though playoffs, he does take that extra step. That big body uses it to his advantage. I thought he played really well last night. 
And I wonder if playing on the wing makes a difference to him. I, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's less responsibility. Um, big body, go to the net. Get the pucks out of your zone, go to the net. You, I don't know. I mean, you have the luxury of he can come in and take faceoffs. Obviously, he's been a center, you know, and he is a centerman. But I just wonder. But again, it, it it's the moment. It's the playoffs. I think everybody raises their level, and I don't think you intentionally think about I got to be better. I got to be better. But every little moment matters, and and you don't want to be that that negative moment. And so you know, I think you're everything is heightened, and I think you get back and you you immediately start thinking about the next shift. And, and so, but I think as a group there, but I, but I also do believe that the makeup of this, this team, that the, the additions that Jim Nill has made and, and the veterans, the mix of veterans, the youth, the guys in the middle, the goaltender, um, you know, and, and to be honest with you, that what is Jake now? 21, 22, yeah, it's amazing. And three or something like that yeah. after a loss. So you can see it. And I thought, and, and, but I'll tell you what, of the 10 shots that were, that he had to face in the, in the first two periods there, there were a couple, he had to make some tough saves. He did. But, I, but, but again, it tells me also about the whole team because the, the guys in front of him only allowed 10 shots in, in two periods and they allowed their goaltender to get into the game. And you may, then you may think, well, I don't know, a couple of them were pretty, you know, but, but Jake can make those saves because that wasn't Jake Ottinger in, in game three. That wasn't him. And it just shows you the resolve in him. You yeah. know, he, he, it just, it's so the way he goes about his business. He just, I don't know him, um, you know, in, in the room, I have no idea how he interacts with the rest of the group, but he just seems so calm and cool in there. And I think that's his makeup. And I don't know, if, and I like to talk to goalies and I, I would like to, you know, think that they would say that's one of the most important things. Like you, you just kind of, you're just kind of level. You know, and and I think that's what Ottinger brings, and and that spreads through the group too. They know that you don't have some loose cannon back there. So, um, you know, again, it, this will this series is, I believe, it'll kind of continue this way. You, you know what you're getting out of Seattle, and you know, and if you you start getting running on all cylinders and meaning players that are not there yet, you know, we know one in particular, and yeah, but Robo was a little bit better. He was. I understand, but I'm going to say, and you can talk about the one that. He had a good chance and he shot it over the top of the net, right? Went yep. left side high. Yep. It was very similar in game two, or I think it was game one or two, same spot, shot it high. I think he's trying to be too perfect. Yeah. I think he, he just needs to, he needs to get it to the net and he needs to follow it up. And we'll talk about getting an ugly goal and all that other kind of stuff. But there was a shot that they had on the bench in, in game three. And I actually rewound it and I took a picture of it. I've got it on my phone. And I sent it to a buddy and I said, if this isn't a picture of a deer in headlights right now. And, and to me, he was sitting on the bench. He was staring into the stands or someplace and he was thinking, you know, those good players, things just happen. You know, they, they it's just intuition for him. And I think Robo's kind of thinking right now. And so, um, but I thought he was, he, he was a little bit more noticeable, you know, at, at times. And maybe that had to do with putting, putting the band back together and that line, but, but, um, you know, and again, they're finding ways to win hockey games mm -hmm. and maybe he comes out of it at the right time. I mean, the replication between this series and the wild is pretty interesting um, as far as games won by the stars. And, you know, just in general, Craig, the the second round of this playoffs has been so crazy with the, the various teams. And 
what you know Edmonton goes into Vegas blows them out then Vegas goes into Edmonton blows them out uh change of goalies all throughout the series it's just been it's been fascinating but uh but also a lot of fun I did want to ask you about do you have a relationship or how many times have you spoken with Dave Hackstall because you guys do have a University of North Dakota connection yeah I have not talked to Hack in a few years um but I you know he's got that demeanor doesn't he yeah <laughs> And he's just stoic and, and, uh, you know, but, but obviously you can tell the way he's got all 20 guys that are in that lineup. They, they understand who they are. And, and I know that when he was in North Dakota, he was a, he was a good coach and he was the kind of coach that was able to develop players. I think when you're in college, that's kind of your, your job, you know, obviously win, but you got to develop players for the next level and the next level for them is pro. It's different than where we are. Next level is junior. They still got time to figure it out. And he's always been credited for that. So, um, you know, he's got a young team. I don't want to say young team, but he's got, you know, some young guys on that team and he's got them all, you know, the old cliche, they're all pulling on the rope the same way. They, they are not trying to, be players that they aren't. And, you know, and I think, I don't know, I think on that team and for good reason, he's got a couple of Stanley cups, but, but Yanni Gord is the head of the snake on that yes. team. I mean, Vince Dunn is a great defenseman. Uh, Adam Larson, I would like to see Dallas be a little, just be a little bit more hard on that pair. You know, I think they need to get, cause they're both very confident. They, they handle the puck. Well, they make good outlet passes um, they're a calming effect on the rest of the group there. And I think that um, I, I would, I would, I would be asking my players, you know, every chance you can, let's just make it difficult on those two. They're out there in all the important moments for them. Um, you know, so, and don't, don't make it easy on them because it, it really does start for me back there. You know, we'll see that Jared McCann came back in the lineup for him last night. Didn't play a ton of minutes. I don't know what he played, but I'm just wondering if they're kind of easing him in. Yep. And they are. This, this may be game five maybe the time where, I mean, he didn't, even, he wasn't even starting on the power play, which is odd because that's their leading goal guy, but you know, maybe that was the game and they know now best two out of three, you know, we can win on the road. We've shown that you may see McCann out there, you know, with a few more opportunities to be able to, you know, maybe bury a goal or two for, for Seattle. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I agree with you. Yanni Gord is the head of that snake. He's impressive. That whole third line is really impressive for Seattle. And just even when the stars went up by four goals, Seattle just kept coming and coming and coming. It's just, uh, you know, Hackstall, you're right, has them just dialed in to just go, go, go. And uh, See, it, you know, it's, I, it's, I will say this. Yeah. When you talk about the, what was the score one time? 5-1 or did it get to 6-1? It got to 5-1, didn't it? It was 5-1, then became 5-2, and then it became That 6-2. was important. Yeah. I, you may think this is odd. I think that it was important for the room, for the coaches, for the mindset that they did score a couple goals because like I said, you feel good and you, you walk out of there and you get on the plane and it's six to one, you know, sometimes you can drift away a little bit. And now all of a sudden it just, it, what it did is it reinforced to the group. These guys won't quit. 
guys, we got to play, you know, minute 59, just like minute one. And and this team is not going to quit. And so, you know, it's just a little reminder of who they are. Sometimes, I mean, we've seen so many games, like you were saying, six, one, I mean, eight, three, seven, two, all this other kind of stuff. And the other team comes back. And I, and I think that sometimes when you blow a team out, you may, you know, take your foot off the gas a little bit and, and just by nature, you know, and I, but, you know, and again, I, I bring up Jake and Ottinger and he's the guy that, you know, he seems to, to raise that level and stay where it is. But, but those couple late goals at the end of the game is a good reminder to the group, you know, foot on the gas, you know, who we are, we have to be who we are for 60 minutes or 70 or, you know, uh, two and a half, three, four hours, whatever it takes. So I wanted you to tell the story of the Pantera goal song because it's become a massive part of stars folklore and everyone knows it and everyone cheers it and it's used in like different music beds, you know, and we, when different radio shows want to talk about the Dallas stars, it's just, you know, you hear it and you know, it has to do with Dallas stars and you're behind it and it happened in the playoffs so take us back. Was it Edmonton where it started? Yeah, well, it was before the playoffs. It was before round one started <clears throat> and obviously 99, but I, I, I called, I called Vinny up one night and we were, we were it, playoffs were right around the corner. I think it was maybe a week or two. I don't know. We might've had a couple games left. And I just said to him, I said, dude, I said, listen, I said, you know, because not, I don't think everybody nowadays they are, but at the time, you had little input on what was played in warmups and things like that. And then I, you know, they started listening to play and again, warmups are for the players. And so um, they allowed us to, you know, guys were picking music and I was making the music and burning CDs during the, during the year and it was a pain in the ass, but I, but I kind of <laughs> got it started then I couldn't stop. And so anyways, I called Vinny up. I just said, we need something different. And I said, uh, can you guys come up with something? He goes, come on over tonight. And I was like, Oh shit. I know what that means. So I go over to the house and that, that song was done in 24 hours. And, um, I remember him calling me or maybe it was dime. I can't remember which one called, but it was the next morning and said, Hey, you got to come out here. And, um, I'm like, Jesus, I just left there three hours ago, but okay, I'll come out there. And, uh, so I went out in the morning, I picked it up before practice and went into the room and just put it on. And I said, listen, I said, these guys did this. You guys take a listen to it and see if it's something we want to do. It wasn't, 10 seconds and then I just, yep, that's it. And so, and that's all it was. And, and, you know, and, and then they, you know, so that was kind of what we were coming out. I, I believe it started as us coming onto the ice for warm up, and then probably for the start of the game. And then they, obviously they started playing after the, after goals were scored and then, you know, and so that was, you know, I, I, I said to somebody else this morning, I'm, well, I think it was on, on your station this morning is that you know, were talking about music and songs and, and, you know, and, and it was brought up about, uh, you know, the guys are, are chugging a beer and they got, or the music, the song that they come in after, after the game. And I don't know what song it is. I heard it. And I said, I trust me, not, not my lane, but whatever it takes, I'm not going to Shazam to see what, what song this is. It sounds like, you know, some, anyway, doesn't matter, yep. but, 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 but their, their theme is apparently the, the player of the game, whatever gets to chug a beer. And, um, I'm like, well, that's cool. I mean, we, we did that every night. We didn't need to win a game to chug a beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, 
Yeah, but I heard it's only one. I mean, they should at least be doing a six pack or something <laughs> like that. Or, you know. But anyway, um, you know, and then, then the, the music came up and I said, listen, I said, remember what St. Louis was using? St. Louis wrote Gloria, for God's sakes. They wrote Gloria all mm-hmm. the way to the Stanley Cup. So it, it, it's a superstition thing, too. You know, I mean, you, you get going and and you're like, no, because I'll tell you, when we went to St. Louis and our trainers forgot to pack the CD, we had a fit because we were going out for warm up because we always played it in the locker room before warm up when we were on the road and it wasn't there and there was a panic and I had to get on the phone. I had to call Vinny and they had to make another one. Then they had to have it couriered and, and all this. Oh, I, I think actually it was in the morning skate. It was the morning skate. Sorry. And then, but there was bad weather in Dallas. We sat there in warm up going out, uh, for the game, game, whatever number that would have been, maybe game three in, uh, in St. Louis or whatever number it was, we didn't have it. And Hitch came walking into the room. We're all sitting there and warm up is starting and we're still sitting there. Well, throughout the day, I'm hearing it's there, it's coming there, but there's bad weather that it's in a van. It's going to be there. Blah, blah, blah. I talked to the trainers, nothing happens. Hitch comes out and he goes, he, and naturally he looks at me, he goes, what, what the hell are you guys doing? I said, Hitch, it's not here yet. He goes, what's not here yet? The song. He goes, the song, he goes, get the hell, get on the ice. I said, no, it, it's in the hallway. It's outside. It's coming here. Anyway, uh, we were late for warm up. The song came and we got to stick it in. And as soon as it started to play, guys started going on the ice. We were a couple minutes for warm up. Um, so anyway, that's just how superstitious things go with teams when, you know, especially when things are on a roll. Wow. And when you're at games, do you ever take a step back and say like, I was a part of that? Yeah, oh, I, I play it every morning. I wake up. There is. It's my alarm clock. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm you know, Vinny's still here. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I got a I got a bear in on my my porch over here. It's got a bear with a stars jersey on it. It's got the guitar that Dime gave me. Wow. It's got Vinny's symbol sitting down by his feet that he signed. Vinny's lanyard is kind of hanging on the neck of the guitar. Blah blah blah. So. <clears throat> he was yeah, a special I mean, human. You know, I, it's part of my past, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, was but, uh, talk about that. Were they massive Dallas Stars fans? And how did you guys meet each other? They were oh boy. <laughs> um <clears throat> was it a o'clock? certain facility? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Two o'clock on a on a I don't know, Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon. Matt Fachuk and I, we were out at the Big Apple Cafe after practice. We were having lunch, and we decided to go to a little place down the street. And we walked in, pitch black. The only thing you can see is the stage. I get up uh, after a few minutes, and I go to take a piss. And as I walk into the bathroom, I hear this guy yelling at me. And I stop, and I look, and it's so dark. And I, and I see, like, 10 guys sitting down at, at the front of the stage and like three tables and they got crown about four handles of crown sitting on there. And I'm like, Oh geez. And so I get to the bathroom. I walk. So this guy comes up to me and starts, Hey, you're Ludwig, right? Play for my, and he's rattling my stats off and I'm looking at him. And I'm like, who, who, is, who are you? And, and he introduces himself. And so anyways, it was, uh, it was all the guys from Pantera and Allison chains. Well, they're all sitting there. That's how I originally met them. Then next thing you know, Maddie and I are sitting with them and, you know, that, that happened. And <laughs> from then on, you know, and Vinny was just a hockey fan. He's a huge hockey fan. <clears throat> so I just started giving him my tickets for games and, and he came up to Wisconsin, went golfing a couple times. I actually, I can tell the story now you've heard it, but, um, you know, in between 
well, we actually, we beat St. Louis, I guess, or no, it was the first round. I, whoever we played in the first round, probably Edmonton. We, I think we beat them and, you know, we had like five, five days off before our next practice or series started. Well, Vinny was at the game that night after we closed out that round and he was talking anyways, he calls me about one, two in the morning. He goes, Hey, be at the airport at six o'clock tomorrow morning. I'm like, what? He goes, you got to be at the airport at 6am. I said, Vinny, what are you talking about? He goes, you're coming with us. And I said, well, coming with you. He goes, yeah, we're going to Mexico city. I said, Vinny, we're in the middle of the playoffs right now. We get practice in three days. And he goes, I know you got practice in three days. You don't start for five days. He goes, we're, and he goes, you're jumping on the plane with us because we're opening up for Metallica. And I was like, Oh really? And I said, I can't do that. I hung up the phone within five minutes. I said, okay, what time? So I get there. And so anyways, I, I jumped on a plane, went to Mexico city with Metallica and Pantera. And I can't remember who the other guys were, but anyway, um, and I remember I had to call I had to call somebody at the stars. And at the time I called the assistant and I just said, Hey, and basically hung up on me. And then, uh, I called somebody else and I said, um, listen, I'm doing this. And they're like, what? And I said, Hey, you're a big fan. Why don't you come along? He goes, I can't come. Now this wasn't a player. He called me back in five minutes. He said, what time we leave? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and I said, Hey, when you call to tell, you know, because I said, somebody needs to know nothing's going to happen, but if something happens and we don't get back in the next couple of days and he, I asked him who he called and he said, army, Doug Armstrong. And I said, what army say? He goes, he hung up on me. And oh. I said, okay, well, at least he knows. <clears throat> so anyway, um, you know, and ever since then, it's, you know, you know, we've, we've had a good relationship and, you know, he became, you know, he became a family. He's part of the family. All yeah. the guys knew him and he knew all the guys and, uh, you know, dime. And so it was, yeah, it was a good relationship that we had with those guys. Wow. So you're in the middle of a playoff run and you're down in Mexico with Pantera and Metallica. Obviously. I don't, I don't recommend that to anybody. Yeah. I was going to say like, that's a way to lose the legs, right? Well, it's way to lose a job. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a way to lose a lot, to be honest with you. I mean, I just can't imagine Craig in today's social media. It'd be crazy. Oh yeah. No, I, you know what? I think that would have been totally different, but you know, at that time, you, you know, you didn't know. I mean, we were doing Morse code back then, so nobody would have known, but um smoke signals maybe I, I don't remember what it was but it was uh you know we didn't have to we didn't have to worry about any of that oh you know and speaking of that i may tell you the older players we talk about the social media stuff all the time and we don't know how well we don't think we would have survived that it was just different you know we yeah we we did we went about our business a little different way and you know playing guilty was a good thing and, and, and it kept us, you know, not everybody, but there were guys that can do it and guys that can't. And, and that was part of how we went about our, our job. And, um, you know, and, and again, it wasn't like the guys ahead of us and like our GMs and coaches that we knew they were doing the same thing when they were players too. So it was just the way that thing were. And now, now these, these athletes, I mean, these are true athletes. Now they take care of themselves and, you know, I remember I told you before I was, there was a group of guys standing in the hotel one night and there one afternoon when we landed and I, I, you know, they were all standing around the concierge guy and I went up to the room. I changed, put my jeans on, came back down and 
Yeah, I wasn't playing, obviously. We were doing the broadcast. And I just went up to them. They were still standing there. I said, hey, you guys want to know where to go? I said, I, what, what kind of place are you looking for? You got, I know this place. I think we were in Anaheim. I know this place. I know that place. And they looked at me like I had three heads. Three heads and they said, no, we're just looking for the closest Whole Foods. And so I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, got it. Can't help you there. But but it just tells you about the athlete today. You know, they, they yeah. just take care of themselves. There, there's a reason Joel Pavelski is so damn good at 38 years old, you know. I mean, besides just having a gift and, and Jamie, what Jamie can still do at his age. And I don't, I don't mean by any means that he's old, but you know, he's been in the league for a while and he, he plays a hard game and he's not afraid to, you know, do what, what he does and, and what Tyler Sagan has gone through. And, you know, these guys take care of themselves. Like now, again, I know they have their fun and they should, and they deserve it, but probably not, you know, getting on a plane in, in the playoffs or something like that and going, to some kind of Metallica concert. Well, your stories are legendary. Um, I oh, heard- let me just tell you. Yeah. So I went back after the thing over. So Hetfield, I go back and I'm talking to him after the show. And he goes, hey, you want to, I got a picture here. You want me? I said, yeah, I'd love it. And so he signs a picture for me and I get it. And I don't look at it. I throw it in my bag and uh, said, you know, hung out with those guys that night, blah, blah, blah. I come back and I'm like, man, I, I, I remembered about a month later yeah, because I was talking to my buddies back home in the summer and like, oh, shit, I got that picture. I gotta... Well, anyways, I find the picture. It's a little crumpled up. And it said some, it's something like, hey, lads, great to meet you. you know, come anytime, something like that. He signs it, go Sharks. Oh. Yeah. Well, he's from San Jose. But he, they, they've done the national anthem for San Jose for the Sharks. So he kind of <laughs> snuck that one in on me. You know, I, I, at one point, I just want to do a – I would love to just sit at a bar and just call it story time with Luds. We get into a little hockey, but it's basically your stories. Like, I think you have so you many, you, you just forget. You can't. The stories that I have, you'd be out on the floor. It'd be a waste of time. <laughs> what do you mean I'd be on the floor? You can't hang. You're, you're there. That's totally. We've hung before. Half, We've hung before. I remember it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't, you just sit there. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll Uber. You're like an ashtray. <laughs> I'll Uber. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, for those stars fans, um, thank you for listening to spits and suds download favorite. Cause you can hear great stories like that from Craig. For those wondering, we will be back on the air after tomorrow night's game. So that'll be uh Sean and myself as we continue our, uh, late night, uh, post-game uh, podcast, which Craig someday will join us for. That's hilarious. You call that late night. You don't even know what a late night is. <laughs> join us, my friend. Come on. All right. I got to go. I got to go get on the ice. All right. He's Craig Ludwig. I'm Gavin Spittle. Have a great day, everyone.